I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed, uh, Zach. Zach, you missed our overtime. To our audience, and I know there's a couple of days in between podcasts, but we record two, so we just finished uh, our last overtime, and Jace literally went Star Trek on us. He took us where no one has gone before. <laughs> we were. Man, t- I, I step out for. I step out for a, a one, fifteen minute phone call. So. T- <laughs> What, what, what did I miss? I mean, we, we were going to talk about a leper, but somehow we wound up. We were talking about Jesus touching the leper. Yeah. And it all seemed normal. The ramifications that. of that. And we talked about, you know, during the pandemic and the social distancing yeah. and the laws for leprosy in that time were way more strict. The Pharisees had added all this. And I brought up a few facts that. You know, they couldn't be within six feet of another human being. Right. Or 150 and feet, depending on the wind. The Pharisees yeah. added an amendment. If What if the wind's blowing? Well, it's 150 feet. Hmm. So he's oh, yeah. sitting around looking at the trees, seeing if he can go out and walk to the store or whatever. But that led to this these these laws that come up that sometimes... You know, or more difficult, and then I'm not sure. Oh, and we were talking we about rest, you. the Sabbath. We got to the oh, Sabbath, okay. and and rest because we were talking about Jesus taking these rests and with praying, and not just to mention. I mean, He created the earth in six days, and then I, I made the point that on the seventh day He rested, not because He was tired. It was Jesus. Just, it was a reflection. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I made the point that the reason God designed us to sleep is because I just, in my opinion, the life expectancy would be around 19 or 20 years old. If you didn't have sleep. You didn't have sleep because for one reason is you would just literally go till you drop. And number two, when you wake up, you have that reflection of what was I thinking? You know, the what, thing, you, 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 kinda, make an, you make an adjustment to your yeah. lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Based on, based on you now cycle. can reflect after you sleep. So I was telling my wife that, and she said, well, while we're sleeping, because we have two toddlers at our house right now, she said, what I've always wanted was an extra arm. And I, so then we I, got into the three armed woman. I don't think we've ever read in any of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Although we read where he withdrew to lonely places and prayed, it, it could have added uh, so that he could get his rest. But I don't have any texts that say Jesus ever needed any rest. No, that's my point. Well, why yeah. was he doing it? But he yeah. was asleep. Remember, he was asleep on the boat. He was a human, so he, he slept. He slept yeah. on the boat. Remember, he was asleep underneath. When but the... I don't know if you he had to have it for I the think energy that's needed. Oh, I think he did. As I think a human. he did. I think but he the got longest, tired. The longest, listen to this, that the longest time that a human being has gone without sleep is 11 days and 25 minutes. That's the you, record. You can't do it. You got to have it. Yeah, even Jesus, because he was because he was human. He was fully human. So I'm pretty he had sure to, he would require sleep. I'm pretty sure my grandma was right on the record. <laughs> you know, when she was going through her struggles, man, oh, yeah. she, she would sleep. go through a manic spell. She would not sleep for about a week. Yeah, for it, days. It, it was it was, it was close. But that's you know that's hope. interesting, Jace, because even when I was a teenager, I would we'd stay up all night, a couple nights in a row, just you know never sleeping. But then when I would did go to sleep. I would get up and I did crazy things. Like one time I like emptied all the leftovers into the sink, turned the water on, went back over and laid down. Mom comes in, there's just food floating in the sink. And she's like, what? Well, that was before mm. Jesus. And I told them, <clears throat> I said, you need to look into what he's doing to create these. But no, scenarios. in that case, Jace, that was not uh, alcohol yeah. or drug, drug induced. induced or... That was no sleep. So yeah. somehow in my this subconscious, deprivation. yeah, and I just got up and did crazy things. That it happened several times. Uh, you, were, so you, you were cha- you were channeling your inner granny there. That's what was going on. That's the I, it really was. There. That's exactly what it was. So back to the. Well, what, what, but what about the, the Star Trek? Well, you kind of yeah, Missy. The arm. Well, Missy, she's she's having back problems, and and I came in, and she's 
you know, on a back. I don't know what it was. It was making a noise, and her legs were up, but it was like somehow or another stretching your back out. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I don't know why my back's been hurting. Well, I looked over at our 30-pound toddler and said, I'm pretty sure it's from hauling <laughs> little mares around on, on your 100-pound frame. Yeah. But uh, so, and that's when she said, I just need an extra arm. I wish I had three arms. And so I was like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Because, <laughs> but then we got into well, where would you put it? Where would where would the arm uh, go? Because I was like, it's not like he couldn't have done it for moms. Because I made the point that another reason that I believe God created us to sleep was because of moms. I mean, that's the only. If they didn't have that, because you, I just watch them. I mean, I'm watching what my wife does, and now I mean, as a grandma. I mean that sleep is the most precious time because they get a break. I mean it's full time. It. It's a full time job keeping up with these. Gotta have it. It, it. It's. I was like he did it for that process too. But she's like, yeah, but if I just had an extra arm, I could so do more you, stuff. Where were you gonna put it? Well, we couldn't. Figure it. Well, we didn't. We didn't figure it out. We, but it led to quite the discussion. I said you I'd needed have the base. I'd have the base of the arm attached around the sternum area. Right in the center. Right in the, the middle. Well, I thought but, that, yeah. but that's it weird. You know, yeah, I just thought you should have two well, more. Once you, well, for I think well, I set you, two sets. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. And uh, we're going to so add you arms. Break into more than, but if you break into more than two arms, that you're already in the weird zone. So that doesn't, you can't use that as a factor because it's already weird. <laughs> right. It's all about efficiency at that point. And I was like, who would ever be with a third arm woman? But one of our crew here said, if all women had them, you wouldn't even think anything about it. Which is probably true. That's true. I do think it would help with the little ones. Yeah. The sets, though, I think you could have two more coming out the side right below the other two. But then you got four shoulders. Think about all the more potential injuries. You know, your shoulders, your elbows. I mean, I mean, that's true. I mean, I don't know what we'd do because you have right handed, left hand. You know, there's a pitcher now in college. It would be right one, right that, two. That has a glove that fits both of his hands. I think he, he's at Mississippi State. And so when a right-handed batter comes up, he throws right-handed. When a left-handed batter comes up, he puts his glove and throws left-handed. Oh, he's he can pitch with either arm. That's yeah. a that's a unique talent. I've never I've and, seen him bat. Not that he can do it, but he does it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Boy. So, what do they call it? Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Yeah. To, to the max. But I mean, he's throwing. And I'll watch the game for that reason. And he's. Equally as effective. I mean, it's not like one's not better than the other. Yeah, it's because you know no when difference. hitters when hitters bat, one will usually be better left-handed than he is right-handed, or, or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, you have switch hitters, but a switch pitcher. <laughs> I thought, what that guy gets that locked in? Oh man, uh, that's that's gonna, valuable. He's gonna make some money. But how do you start that? You know, some dad said, "Hey, uh, yeah, let me tell you, we're gonna change the world of baseball." <laughs> he probably well, you know, just showed up. I don't know whether whether y'all did it or not, but. We we we're right hand right right arm I'm right arm, but I bat I batted bat, batted left handed. Yeah. I, 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 I well, I'm, my left eye is my dominant eye, and I'm right handed, so I shoot left handed. Me too. Yeah. But Same I'm right handed. Yep. Do you shoot left handed? There was a there? guy. I, I do. Um, I, I switched recently. Do you? Oh well. Uh, you, if you switched recently, then you probably <laughs> are still in the struggle bus. <laughs> Well, you got, I mean, you got, it's, it's just a lot harder to shoot when you're left. Yeah. I, tried, I was going to retrain my eye. I heard you could put a patch on it, but then I was like, man, that's going to take forever. And you got to walk around with a patch. And then people like think you're a pirate. Yeah, I think just, it'd be a good yeah. look for you, Zach. Yeah. You could pull the yeah. pirate off. And then people would say, what happened to your eye? And you're like, no, I'm just doing this for therapy. <laughs> yeah. there. Hey, there is a solution, though. I, I just looked this up. MIT uh, Technology Review posted an article in 2018, a guy developed uh, a system where you could have four arms. You have your two, you, but it's a backpack you put on, and then there's two robotic arms that come out. Would so you send that to my wife? Send that to my wife. Yeah, Because she'll, she'll know that the only way you're sending that text <laughs> is if I revealed 
her deep. Send dark. it to her now, and that way, if we get a response, we can talk about it on yeah. the podcast. Well, she we'll asked about, about being on the podcast because she wants to promote our uh, July Ind- Independence Day celebration. Yeah. So we'll we'll have her on, and maybe we can get some more insight on her idea of the extra arm. So I want to mention that, Jay, since you brought it up. It's called the Faith Family Freedom Celebration. It's going to be July 2nd. Uh, it's going to start at 4 o'clock. Uh, it's at your Logtown estate that you yes. guys have that's a bed and breaks. Really cool property. There's going to be food trucks, ice cream, inflatables, games, and then there's going to be people sharing Jesus all day. Uh, they even have places set up where you can be baptized if you want to. So that's a Sunday before the 4th of July. So you can come to WFR if you want to that day. Dad will be teaching his class and then come on out to the Logtown estate. So that's an invitation for Unashamed Nation. She said, just come on. We're going to have a big celebration that day. So July 2nd at 4 o'clock with the Logtown estate. And we'll let you know. Yeah, we're going to have her on to push it. But I did want to mention that today. She sent me that text this morning. Okay, so uh, before we start, we're in Luke 5, but I had a crazy dream last night I wanted to share with you. So I got a new movie idea for you. Now it came... Zach is now a movie mogul, so... What is a mogul? I don't know. It's a very, very powerful person. Very powerful person in movies. Yeah. Are we sure about that? Let me no, look we're not up. sure about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're sure, we're sure, are we sure he's powerful or are we sure what a mogul is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Right, here's what yeah, a mogul is. Nice that. Here's what a mogul is. It is an important or powerful person, especially in the motion picture or media industry. I mean, to be honest, the first time I heard it, which wasn't today, I felt like that was something that I might need to be removed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how long have you had that mogul? We need to. <laughs> yeah. It was like that expository. That <laughs> well, I knew yeah. that was a joke. I knew it was a, a cousin yeah. of suppository, but he used it in a biblical context, and I just didn't like how it sounded. Because he said was, we approached yeah. the text expositorily. That's. What I mean, Zach said that in an interview, and I was like, for the 14 people who knew what that meant, Awesome. But for the rest of us, I felt like we were doing uh, an injustice. So can I tell you my dream or not? You want to hear it? I don't care if you, I mean, look, it's a dream. So, but I had a dream uh, because I was studying when I got to this Luke six, I'm going to tell you that this, this Luke six as a preview. I know you came in talking about it. I said, Jace, we're in Luke five. We're not going to get to Luke six for, for a minute. I was reading ahead and my <laughs> mind was blown. And I was, I was wondering how I missed this before, but in Luke six seventeen through 26, we have a blessings and woes segment via Jesus. And it's like the Sermon on the Mount, and people call it the Sermon on the Plain because it says he came, he came flash, down yeah, from the mountain. Spot. Yep. So all these scholars are up in arms like, what does it mean? And so it spawned a dream for me because I studied it for three or four hours, then went to bed, and I woke up, and I thought, I have, cause you know how you remember your dream sometimes? So I watched a movie in my dream about Luke. Has there ever been a movie about Luke? The book of Luke? No, not the book of Luke. Oh, Luke, Luke the person. Yeah. Well, he was he was featured in the movie about the Apostle Paul that we've talked about for him here. Was he? Yeah, Jim Caviezel yeah. plays him. Plays Luke? Plays Luke in that movie. Which what, is what did he do? He's just interviewing Paul for to write Luke and to write Acts. But the movie was about Paul. The movie was about Paul. All right, well, I'm saying what you just said there, that's what the movie was. So what happened? Maybe you just saw that movie. No, I have you never seen it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, maybe you, you got up and movie? watched the movie like like Al would go dump stuff in the uh, sink. Maybe you had a moment. That's right. Because maybe you, were, you had you a moment where you were sleeping. You got up. You, you put. You, you See this? That's what that's what a movie. Mo- that's what a movie hey, mogul does. Scorsese, I'm trying to give you the movie. It's here. So, All right, if we do that, let's take a break. So we're all uh, gun owners and have been for our entire lives. So we know, Jace, that one of the most important things about being a gun owner is you need to have a clean weapon. You must clean the weapon. Just being responsible. Being responsible helps with accuracy. It's a safe thing to do. 
Um, of course, most of the times it's a messy procedure, but some of our friends at Barrel Buddy have come up with a polymer uh, that works really well. They have one that fits uh, every size gun, pistol, rifle, shotguns. Basically, what they do is they make sure to clean the rifle grooves as well as everything else. Uh, it's a 3D cylinder, uh, which is what your barrel needs. They have these uh, white polymers, so you can tell exactly what comes out of your gun. Uh, it scrubs and collects particles, absorbs any remaining residue, and buffs the interior surface clean. So, great process. These guys, like us, started a small business because they saw a need out in the field, which is what we did. Uh, they're also a great Christian company. Uh, I get devotionals from them all the time, which we love them for that as well. So, clean your gun is important to be a responsible gun owner. doesn't have to be messy. When you have Barrel Buddy on your side. So go to BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy, BarrelBuddy.com and check them out. Here's where the movie, so it opened up, there was a trial going on. And I I guess I was trying to wrap my head around who was on trial. And it was, it was Paul and some of the other members of, of, Jesus's followers because they all were martyred I guess so now I'm given some of this because I had to process what I just dreamed yeah dream so I'm giving you the movie idea so that was where it opened and Luke what even though he was a doctor because we get that from Colossians four, he was a physician he was a physician which is why there's so I think so many References in here about Jesus healing diseases, and illnesses, and yeah, illness that we're in the leprosy section. So, I mean, this is actually going to fit with where we are. And he actually is the only one that mentions Jesus sweat the drops of blood, which is a medical condition. Sweat the, the drops yeah. of blood, and, but now think about it from he's a physician, so he's in the in the medical profession, yep. and his book in Luke ends with Jesus dying and coming back to life. Well, in the medical profession, where's that at? That doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this is my dream uh, because I'm already getting off the subject. So, he's he's representing. He's like the medical. uh, What do they call him? Uh, The expert medical. You can't have a trial without. A medical expert, expert, yeah. expert witness. Yeah, it, when there's a when there's some kind of murder or a dead body. Yeah. Well, Jesus. So, so he starts an investigation. Now, my dream went backwards because he's up and he's saying that this Jesus was a supernatural being, and they're not going to deny him. So, so the man he's representing the man because they're on trial. Because they won't quit uh, preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. And here's this doctor as the medical expert, and he starts telling the story. And so my dream went backwards all the way to Luke 1, where he says, where we started when he says, uh, many have undertaken a drop and account of the things that have been fulfilled just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. So he had, he had done an investigation. So thank Sherlock Holmes. That's how the movie went, but he went backwards because he was telling them he was relaying him. He's like, I went to the tomb. And so then you, I saw him at the tomb, but he's, he's trying to figure out where's the body. Who was playing Luke in your movie? It just was a bearded guy that looked okay. like guys from The Chosen. Okay. So I guess it may have been one I watched of the, guys. the Chosen. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> it looked like those two guys. <laughs> That's at what the, it was. Yeah. The guys that play uh, James and John were at that thing with us the other night. That's that also planted into but, your head. But he was yeah. he was yeah. saying this with power because he was investigating and he was interviewing people, and he was like, and he had his notebooks, and it was, but it was a very thorough investigation so every time he would backtrack and the leper came up the people and he was like getting the information and and none of this made sense in the medical world but he had such an overwhelming amount of evidence of eyewitnesses that it was like you were you were believing it and so of course of course then after his 
closing remarks, they were like, no, you know, guilty. Because he literally had no proof besides eyewitness testimony. So I got his NCIS Jerusalem. I think it would make That's a great movie. Here's your show or your movie. You see what I mean? He he investigates. That's he's what a medical, NCIS is. Yeah, he's a medical yeah. professional, Sherlock Holmes. He goes through all the evidence. He goes to all the places. He interviews all the people, all the healings, all the crazy uh, things that happen supernaturally, like the feeding of the 5,000. Mm-hmm. But he's giving you the scientific medical view of this. And... And in the end, it was overwhelming that this person was the son of God. But since they could not interview him, because th- then he had all the, the reports about the sightings of him post-resurrection. But they're like, well, where is he at? And so then he's looking for him, mm. trying to get him to testify. But he, you know, he couldn't find him, obviously, because you couldn't recognize him. He was shape-shifting also. Right. And, of course, he had then ascended to heaven, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, how convenient. So, anyway, I thought that'd be well, a good movie. Got, well, you know what? I mean, look, we've got a TV show that was born out of this podcast. We've got a movie that was born out of this podcast. This, this might be the next This might be the next thing, Jace. I mean, look, it was it's still in the dream state. Still in the dream state. So you state. have to take that and see what's doable in the in the movie but if you're a movie mogul, that should be no problem because there's never been a movie about Luke. No. I'm more of a disruptor. I don't know if I'm a. a well, that's disrupting because he wasn't one of the 12 yeah. apostles. Yeah. He was that's, just a doctor who did an investigation. And I think. Who's for, the famous doctor that does every time you see something happen now? He's always the one that comes in and does the autopsy. Dr. Oz? No, not him. That Palin? Dr. I, Phil? No, this guy, he's like famous. He's he's like one of these guys that always comes in. Every big case, Epstein, all of them, he, they, they talked to Michael, some of them, I don't know. But anyway, it's like that guy. It would be, but it'd be like in first century. I, I think you got something here, Jason. Well, who doesn't like those? You like you have a trial. Yeah. You have the evidence. You have your, you're doing an investigation. Who doesn't like There's that, like 10 NCISs on right now. Everybody for that watches this stuff. They want to see the investigation. I mean, you have the best script ever written right here. Mm-hmm. And you have a guy which, look, we haven't talked about a lot. Luke, he, he if you go by percentage-wise, and if you count the New Testament starting at Matthew, he wrote more of the New Testament than any other writing. That's right. I think it's like 27%. And he didn't personally witness any of it. He got it all from, from his investigation. He investigated. That's exactly what it was. It was an investigation. <laughs> what we're studying here is an investigation. Now, he was in the time period. Yep. But he wasn't walking around mm. as one of the followers. No. So why don't we do a movie about his investigation? Yep. I like it. That made Plus, that happen. The, 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 goal, the goal that Luke presents about Jesus, the goal of it all is do you believe? Yeah. Do you believe? Do you believe? He was trying to convince a man named Theophilus. Exactly. That, that this was true. Because he even had an audience in mind. Like you're sure had, of what you hope for. You're certain of what you can't see. Is there enough proof here for you to say, you know what? It, it could have happened. No, that's good. So I think it's a good lead-in, though, to why he's doing the stories that he's doing. So he tells, obviously, the common miracle about how this got started with the making them fishers of men. Yep. Despite Peter being realizing that this is the Son of God saying, going away, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. So then you're brought to the leper. Who has the exact opposite of Peter. He comes to him and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean, which is interesting. He recognizes his greatness, but he comes to him as an outcast, as one who knows that he really, he really shouldn't come to him, but he does anyway. And so there's something and the about law, that. yeah, and the law. His thinking was this: Jesus of Nazareth here, he can do this. He's the only thing that can do this. He can do this. He had it down to he's the only one. Yeah. But when you get to it, you know, the only one that can remove your sin. He's doing these things. Yeah, you get a look at him. And then you make up your mind whether you had the 
Whether I mean, you're talking about a, a dream. This is quite the dream here if none of this is true. That's right. I mean, how in the world did you come up and concoct this story? I so, mean. Don't you love Jesus' response? I am willing. In other words, he says, if yeah. you're willing, you could do it. And he says, oh, I'm willing. Which flies in the face of every other religious group. This guy was outcasted, not from just the world, but from the religious group. He was yep. not allowed yep. to go anywhere near a temple. Right. And we also know, Jays, that he doesn't have to touch him to heal him. There's many miracles that occur where he just says, yeah, she's good. And or, Jesus doesn't burn down the whole law system. He tells him, yeah. don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for you, for your cleansing, as a testimony to them. So he's saying, because that the, was the, a requirement that you had to go and show yourself that now you didn't have the disease. Well, and that's what I was saying. The spirit of the law was good. I mean, he they were trying to keep humanity from all becoming infected with various diseases. That's why the law was written. So here he comes and flips that on its head, touches this man, heals him, because now you see something better than the law that has appeared. We have a power here that Jesus is distributing to a person who's infected, and he cleansed him. Someone once said, you, you can, it would take more than a Jesus to invent a Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he, he, couldn't have, he couldn't have had this much material yeah. unless he was Jesus. Well, and to Jason's point about the investigation, it also shows that someone who understood this from a scientific point of view recognized it for what it was yeah. in the supernatural, which is pretty amazing. Let's take another break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. Well, and as a doctor, you would encourage putting your hands on an undiagnosed diseased person, especially when your law says don't do that and your society says don't do that. But Jesus had just said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, and the type of guy that he's fishing for was probably causing some discomfort among the disciples. They're yeah. like, wait, yeah, what? They probably, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, think about it. That's a good point because the first story after that, whole, after that is this, and I mean, just that line there that uh, Lord, if you will, and make me clean. And Jesus, this this part here, stretched out his hand and touched him. I mean, you, you think about like the a God who who touches the untouchables. I mean. The, the spirit of Christ, the love of Christ that's that's in him. And I think there's something uh, here. I was reading Matthew um, Henry's commentary on it, um, and he he talked about spiritual leprosy. And he, he had six um, responses to how that we have spiritual leprosy and that how we should respond um, to Jesus based on this passage. And the six things were, one was, number one, seek Jesus, which is what this gentleman here did. Uh, two, humble yourself before him. Uh, three, earnestly desire to be clean, because that's a big thing, too. Do you even want to be clean? I think that's part of the problem with sin sometimes in spiritual leprosy is we don't even want to be clean, but earnestly desire to be clean. Four, firmly believe Christ's ability and his sufficiency to clean us or to cleanse us. Uh, five, be in prayer for pardoning mercy and renewing grace. And then six, refer ourselves to the goodwill of Christ. And that's what this guy did. And uh, so I think there's a lesson even in how we can respond to Christ. You know, we see his nature here, that he touches the untouchable. Then we think about ourselves and we respond like Peter responded. In, in, in part, we say, I'm a sinner, but we don't say, get away from me. We ask God, if you're willing, 
would you would you touch me and cleanse me? And if we come to Christ in that way, I mean, he he's faithful and he will do it. And just that promise alone should get should get everybody who's listening to this podcast that should give us a transcendent, amazing hope that we don't have to sit in our spiritual leprosy. That's well, that's point. true, but it's also true that you may never get your miracle if you do have, you know, a disease. I mean, we're going to the next story about healing a paralytic, and my point is that that is more weighty than what happens to us physically. I mean, yeah, yes. which is which is where mm-hmm. it goes next. Before we go there, two things I want to mention um, about this leprosy before we leave it. One is another medical thought is, you know, your skin is the largest organ in your body. It's considered an organ, your skin, because it's, it's or on your body. I or you could say or, own, but it's, yeah. it's the largest organ. So when you think about vital organs, if you ask somebody what's the largest organ, they'd probably say the liver. They'd be thinking internal, but your actual external skin is considered an organ, yep. which shows you the vitality of it, I think, from a medical side. But I wanted to mention this in Luke 17, uh, if you jump ahead, because there's another healing. It's interesting because in that case, he doesn't touch them. It says they stood, there's 10 of them. So they're kind of a little colony of lepers. And they stood at a distance, and there he's right on the border of Samaria, and they call out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw him, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And see, in that case, he doesn't touch them. He just says, go. And as they went, they were cleansed, which is interesting, different kind of way of miracle. But look what happens. One of them, when he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And of course, then Jesus makes the point, we're not all 10 cleansed. Only this foreigner comes back and he says, rise, your faith has made you well. So I thought it was interesting because in that case, it was a double untouchable because not only was he a leper, but he was a Samaritan leper. And yet he had the gratitude to come back and to throw himself at Jesus' feet. Where so, are the other nine? <laughs> yeah, where, where's the... Where? Well, to your point, uh, 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 internet search that I do not recommend you do, but because you'll just be sad that I did, uh, I, I did the search and the phrase was eternal skin care. And what I didn't find was any kind of picture or reference to Jesus, but there are hundreds <laughs> of jars, bottles. <laughs> oh, here clinics. we go with your, here we go with your, uh, well, I'm making a point I here. Know, I know. I, I now it. look it, you get by 49.99 worth of this cream <laughs> Eternal skin care. Eternal skin care. (laughs) And what I'm saying is Jesus may not heal your skin condition, but I know right here he has the power to do that. So that gives me some comfort and peace whether I receive that or not. When you're in Jesus, you do have the hope and and fact that that's not going to be a problem. And, And going back to this Luke investigation, at the end of the story, he come back from the dead. So no matter what happens, and this leper, he died at some point. That's right. So he, he encountered a greater problem than his leprosy because yep. he quit living. And so I, what I'm saying is Jesus is offering not necessarily a miracle, but he's offering hope to humanity yep. that no matter what happens, because he's really going to address this in Luke 6. It's kind of an upside-down kingdom. You're not going to be controlled by this fear of things that happen to your body and death because you know in your mind that Jesus is an eternal being. You're going to be fine. Right. So we shouldn't respond to these discomforts and challenges as ordinary people. And that's where I was going with this paralytic. I mean, one of the most Jesus preaching people I know is a guy in a wheelchair. Yep. And we had him on the podcast yep. before, or, yep. or I, I think I discussed his book. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, well, you're like, well, why doesn't God just heal him? Well, when you ask him, ask him, he's like, well, I'm perfectly fine because I he knows that he's going to be resurrected. He's going to be made whole. And he's Correct. like, God works in our weakness, which I think 
is the point of this. I agree. Mm-hmm. Which to, to Zach's point about the idea that there's a spiritual component even to the leper. But you're right. Uh, Luke's going to take that and then show us that in the next story because it's the next untouchable. Is You're going <clears throat> you're gonna to see that flipped upside down. Let's take another break. So let me read it, and then we'll, we'll get into it. So he comes right off of that with the, with the healing of the leper. One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. So just as a little bit of a geographical idea, remember he's up in Galilee, up in the hometown area, but now they're coming from down south, or really it's up, but they're coming from south, down in Jerusalem, Judea, they, they've heard. So now we're starting to, you know, the word's starting to spread. So they're sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick, which is an interesting statement. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat um, came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So he can't get there on his own. But he's got four friends that are carrying him. And before you keep reading, you just you see this. What makes this powerful is Luke is a doctor. That's right. And he's seeing Jesus heal all these diseases, heal a leper. He's telling the story. I just think it's fat. I think it'd make a great movie. I do too. I think you're right. Uh, When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they so they can't get in there. It's just too many people. They went up on the roof. And it doesn't say it, but they tore a hole in the roof. I mean, it's the only way you could. Well, it says it in Matthew's yeah. account or whatever. So think about whose house that was. I'm sure somebody was a happy wife there. And well, they, a lot of people think it's Peter's house. Yeah, that's I, what I've heard. I, I saw that, but I wasn't sure where Because he's in the region and he spent time there. They lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. So they literally tore a hole in the roof to get this guy down to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith which is interesting. He said to the guy on the map, friend, your sins are forgiven. So, Which was a record scratch. <laughs> I mean, that, that made no sense. At all. It, it, we know how the story ends, but in that moment. If you could just that, stop there for a second, have the pause. That's right, wait a beat. Because everybody went, what did you say? Well, the guy, I guarantee you, the guy on the mat, he, he, he didn't like that. And you think, what? Oh, no. He he thought, oh, how sweet. He, he That's not what he came for. Nope. That's why, why the friends I mean? brought him. Come on, sins are forgiven. <laughs> what? Right. I mean, because the concept of Jesus, for, number one, you wouldn't, it would be like, I don't believe you. Who are you to forgive somebody's sins? Right. Because I think practically, like, so here's, where's four of us here? I mean, let's say I reach over and, and pop you. You know, like that wasp did that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just in a fit of rage, and Phil says, "I forgive you." You're like, "What? What's it got to do with you?" <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. You're like the only person who could do that would mm-hmm. be somebody representing themselves as God, right? And and to me, I wouldn't. If you said that, it wouldn't even register with me and it you wouldn't care either right it has nothing to do i mean they're coming because they had a rumor that this guy can heal you yep when when is the walking gonna start i mean that so and i personally think before i read the rest of it that that luke includes that little tidbit about those teachers of the law of the pharisees that had come from down at the mecca is why Jesus does this. I mean, that's just my theory. But anyway, so 21, the Pharisees and teachers of the laws, here they go. They begin to think to themselves, and they're not saying it. They're just thinking it, which Mm -hmm. we all did too. Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And here's where you get into with Jesus. You got to watch it because he does the Jedi mind trick. Jesus knew what they were thinking. (laughs) And asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Can you imagine what they thought when he said that? He's looking at him. He says, why are you thinking about this? Yeah, they're probably looking around. They're not looking around. How's he know? See if they're bugged or something. (laughs) Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said, and then he looks down at the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And you know he was skipping and dancing on the way. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. It's a wow moment because it's really the physical and the spiritual being prioritized. I I want you to pontificate a little bit. On 26 there, we went from yeah, 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 to everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. Well, is that the the, the naysayers too? I think so. I, I think in the moment. I think in the moment, were. yes. In the moment, you know, they, they didn't like yeah, 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 he can't care. Who can forgive sin? Only God can forgive sins. He said, Look, which is easier for me to say? That's right. Raise a man that can't walk, get him up. You think that's just going to happen? Like, but it's like a guy comes out and says, hey, I'm fixed to, he's in a baseball game. He says, look, I'm fixed to hit this ball. Not out of the, not out of, over the field. I'm going to hit it out of the stadium. And look, okay, yeah, we, uh, who are you? Yeah, what? well, then he does it. Well, in that moment, as it's leaving the stadium, even the naysayers are saying, I'll tell you one thing. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, uh, let's take our last break. That actually happened. They still talk about it. Now it's been almost 100 years later when yeah. Babe Ruth was in Chicago and pointed his bat up, and then he hits one right where he pointed it. I mean, they're still talking yeah. about that. A hundred years ago, Babe Ruth did that. So, yeah. to your point, yeah, I, I, I think about think about what this this line here, though, but or when they're questioning him, and they say, "Yeah, how do you, how, who, who who has the authority to do this?" Jesus knows what they're thinking. Ask the rhetorical question, but I love this line because we talk about miracles all the time. We talk about it a lot on this podcast, but the the verse twenty four is powerful. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, so you say, why did he perform the miracle that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. I, I think we, we so often we, and I think here they, they, when they were amazed, they were focused on that miracle, but they missed that. They missed the reason for it. And so well, I always said, making you, sure He's making sure uh, that the reason he's there to begin with, I came here yeah. to remove the sins of the world. Take a look at yeah. that guy. He's on a mat. I'm going to tell him to get up. Y'all know he's sick. You know he can't move. I'm going to show you. I'm showing you that the one who has come down, when you finally get to the point to where you believe that I died for you, was resurrected for you, it's true. He, 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 yeah, and these, the, these the gospel physical, is, is, is seed planted yeah. in these, all these events that happen to people. Like, good night, how in the world do he do that? He's trying to show them, so good. I'm the only one that can remove your sin. I'm trying to show you that. But if the guy would have missed the point. That the, comes out later as he goes. You the know, guy right? would have missed the point that he could have his sins forgiven. What he doesn't realize is even though he was healed and it was awesome, well, if he, if he never makes the connection to the real coming of Jesus that he is going to die and forget to forgive your sins. Yeah, the groundwork. Well he, well, he missed it. It had been better off for him not to be able to walk. That's right. Yeah. Well, and that was Zach's point, which I think is true. I think the idea here is they really missed. They were amazed at him being able to get up and run out of there. See, up they should have been amazed that his sins were forgiven. Yo, you, <laughs> that was much more yeah. important. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why we even see it in our, our world today. People are chasing the miracle instead of the miracle worker. Correct. Well, what's it? Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, you have a clear story here, which what is Jesus? I think somebody should say bumper sticker style. What is his point here? His point is when you get over to, by the time you get to chapter 9, uh, they said, uh, the, uh, the, the, who is he? He replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, still others. They're still trying to figure out who he is. But chapter 9 is the first time 
that he spells it out. I'm going up to Jerusalem. I'm going to die, be buried, and I'm going to be raised from the dead. He's, right. he's leading them into that. He's basically saying, even though I'm a man, yep. there is a God, and you're looking at him. That's it. Or I wouldn't be able to do this. Right. Only God could heal, and I think Luke as a doctor is is one of the reasons that he wrote these books is because he was Cause convicted. If he just what, come down and not said too much, just came down and they dragged him off and killed him, this would have, he's kind of laying the groundwork so that when he finally gets to his death and his resurrection, you can reel back all the things that he did. And it's like y'all said earlier, you, you end up by saying he had to have been God. Well, that's what he, this guy is saying. Jesus is doing things that's not possible in the medical world. That's right. We have no cure for this, and yet he cured him. I wasn't sure. I didn't think we had a cure for the leprosy. But evidently, this guy's either God or he has so many tricks. You know, it's got to either be a collusion. So he paid an actor. He paid some guys to act like the guy was paralyzed. Because you know that's what some people are thinking. Like, How many miracles would he have had to perform, Jace? How many would it have taken before somebody said, I tell you what, we think he's the way out of here. He's beaten death. Unfortunately, because of people's hearts and pride, I think if he did a miracle every day since the beginning of time, some people would still say no. That's right. Because it's not well, you about, think about that. What, well, well, what did they do? What did they ultimately do to him in the face of all the miracles that he did perform? They, they didn't. At least the Pharisees didn't bend their knee to to the one true God, the Messiah, who they've been waiting on. No, instead they they killed him. And so I think that there's. I think that's the thing. If you just want the king, I mean, I'm sorry. If you just want the kingdom without the king, then you're going to look at these miracles with disdain. You're going to look at the works of God with with anger and resentment and hostility, and it's always going to be a barrier. But if you want the kingdom with the king, then you will see all of these things as beautiful. And I think that's why in all of these miracles, this constant thread that runs through them is these miracles are physical manifestations of a spiritual reality. And so that he's healing them of their, of their physical elements, but it's what he's, he's making a point that this is a picture of, of what I'm going to do to you spiritually. And ultimately, we he will redeem us fully one day physically. But, I mean, think about this guy with leprosy. Think about this man who couldn't walk. The man that he healed that couldn't walk, guess what he's not doing right now? He's not walking, you know? So, I mean, even so these healings that he, were, that he was doing physically were temporary healings. What's more important is that you're healed spiritually so that one day you can have a resurrected body that is imperishable. You know what Paul talked about in First Corinthians 15. That's, That's the ultimate well, and, goal. And don't underestimate, he didn't say, I'm going to forgive your sins. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Yep. Now, that may not have been what he wanted to hear, but if he would have grasped that, that would have been the greatest thing that could he, he could have ever heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I know he was looking toward the cross, but. When Jesus says your sins are forgiven, that's good enough. But for he me. based it on the what's interesting to, saw, on the yeah. faith of the four guys. Well, which, when which you is, think about it, I wish I had friends like that. Me you know? too. I mean, that's what I got from the story as much as anything else. A lot was, of was a, the if yeah. I had four friends like that that could get me and and that's the whole point, right? Who can get that's us to the feet of Jesus? Because that's what that's what friends are about. No, that is a. Uh, I don't think that's an undercard point. No. I think we should all look for people, and I've said this many times, I have an inner circle of not just family members, but spiritual family, and their number one thing is they just have a profound love for Jesus. and It's like it can't be hidden. And uh, whether I have anything in common with them or not in the, in the real world, I mean, one of my best friends I've mentioned many times is Trent Langhofer. I mean, we literally have nothing in common. Outside of Jesus, I guess we have spectacular wives, but uh, but we're really good friends because I pursued him because I just his his love for Jesus was infectious. Yep. So to, to all the atheists, I would simply say, like the old movie there, 
So you're telling me there's a chance. You said, that's what we're telling you. Dad just quoted Dumb and Dumb. He did. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That's pretty impressive. That what do you think my chances are? One out of a million? He said, no, one out of a thousand? And she said, maybe one out of a million. He said, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's what we're telling the atheists today here. And it, I, I didn't know you actually had seen that movie. But well, yeah, I that's a little shocking. Once a while. You get about 75, 80, and just things come and go pretty quick. Dude. They dropped it in on his Gunsmoke channel, and he just didn't know what it was about. He, he kept I waiting for Matt this, Dillon to come in. I'm convinced of the resurrection of the dead after this little study today, more so than I ever have been in my life. I just don't know how we're going to get around it. You can't get somebody. Right, I, look, so. I got a question. Is you you got is, a better story? Which is why we should do a movie from an investigation standpoint. We've never done that. That's but you have Zach, Luke you, you do know, the you investigation. Know what? A guy, there is a guy who uh, I, wants to be on the podcast. I need to bring him on. He is an investigative. He was an investigator, like it was a cop. And he wrote a book called Cold Case. I think it's called Cold Case Christianity. So he did exactly. He went and looked at this. Like, I'm going to examine this as if I, if as if this was a cold case, and that's what he did for his career. See, now there's well, and, isn't that so what Luke that, just isn't that what Luke is doing? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell yeah, you. I'm going to give movie, you 24. He just, got, he just got you a writer, Jason. I'm going to give writer. you 24 hours to make a move on it, and if you don't move, I'm going to call Dallas Jenkins and say, look, <laughs> after you're finished with The Chosen, look, we're going to have the investigation. But the cat's already out of the bags because you've given them the information where That's they right. say, somebody, we'll somebody be watching gonna the, gonna we'll watch this movie next year. I don't care who does it. I just want it out there. I want no Zach, money. make this dream a reality. No credit. I just, I had a dream. Dream, and I was shared it, and I think it'd be a good movie. Jason's dream. Let's move on it. All right, we're out of time. That's perfect way to end. So, I, 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 Jace, I dug into my my uh, old sermons, and I found one that I did called "The Hole in the Roof Gang." So, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in our overtime. So, the hole you, in the oh, the hole in the roof okay, gang. I see what you did there. Yes, yeah, you saw. Uh, Which so if, might it'd be a good title for another movie? It would be. I'm just we're we're doing movies today. Uh, if you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where we do our overtime segment. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.